It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! I've <laughs> been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. Dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, more things that cause us to overthink. And we ask indie Christian band The Outcry 20 questions. But first, it is February 25th. And uh, it's a holiday, I believe. Some, some I've heard, I've heard of this holiday before. I think. You think? I think so. Like it's one of those really weird, obscure holidays that only mm-hmm. a few people around the world know about. <laughs> um, if you're unaware, let let us educate you. Today is Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday, y'all. <laughs> it's Mardi Gras time, arguably one of the best celebrations in the world. It stretches from the 12th night, which is the last night of Christmas, all the way until Ash Wednesday. Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday to reflect the practice of eating rich, fatty foods before the ritual fasting of the Lenten season. It's also a time to bring out those colorful decorations and masks and party. <laughs> this celebration goes on in many parts of the world in various forms, so get out there and join the Mardi Gras celebrations on February 25th and party with the world. Just, you know, keep your shirts on, please. <laughs> there is that connotation that goes with Mardi Gras. You can get beads without taking your shirt off. <laughs> you can buy them. They have them at Walmart for they $4. Will, they will give you beads at at the Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras parade. They will give you beads, which is something that I just learned. One of our very close friends is New Orleans. He is from New Orleans, and it is like his favorite thing ever to go to the parade. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you see a lot of, you know? And he's like, actually, no. In my 28 years, I've never seen any at a Mardi Gras parade. I don't understand why that is such a like. Yeah, no, I feel like it only happens at night around the bar areas. Right. Yeah. Well, their parade is in the evening. Is it? Yeah. Okay, well, I think, yeah, I think it's more, I don't think it's more of an official capacity thing. Okay, and listen. I think it's a college area kind of thing. I have been keeping this in for so long, and because... Of the way that we record and air, I can say it. Because by the time I say it, it will have already happened. Matt, I got to tell the world. My friend, who I was just talking about, Dallas, he was our youth pastor at Central for a while. He um, is now engaged and proposed to his fiance at the Mardi Gras parade. It is their favorite time of the year. Their favorite thing to do ever. Granted, at this very moment, it hasn't happened yet, but his plan is to walk in the parade holding a sign and come alongside his... She doesn't even know that he's there in the same state. She has no idea. And so he's holding a sign that says, will you marry me? 
And that's how he's going to propose. That's fantastic. It's amazing. I'm like so stinking excited for them. I can't hold it in anymore. And this is the first time I've thought to myself, I hope this person's not a listener. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> you'll hear it. Oh, but it's... no, it's happening today. The day that we're recording. It's happening today. Oh. Tonight okay. is the parade. Okay. I'm so sorry. So that's what I'm saying. By the time on Got Tuesday it. that Got we it. hear this. I thought you meant... That you realize you jumped the gun because oh, no. it's not happening till tonight on Tuesday when this no. airs. <laughs> no, I'm just jumping. Like I, okay. I got had it. to pause because I thought, well, what if it doesn't go exactly the way that he has it planned? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really cool, though. That's exciting. I'm like so stinking excited for them. <sighs> yeah. So, um, let's see. I know Lint is is a. Uh, Big in the Catholic world because I grew up Catholic, and so I had to. Mm-hmm. I was forced to go through that mm-hmm. fish sandwiches and whatnot. Um, and that's when you'll see McDonald's pushing their fillet of fish. They'll have commercials and advertisements for it all forty days of Lent until it's over, and then you never hear about it again. My mind is now blown. Like I, I, I'm just making the connection. Oh yeah, you never realized that. No. You never realize once a year they really push their fillet of fishes, <laughs> and it is during this time. Yeah. I've <laughs> last year they came out with the double fillet of fish, two fillet of fish patties. Seems like too much because they're big, they're thick. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Okay, answer me this though, hmm. since you have more of a Catholic background than I do. Okay. I I worked when I was at the school district. I worked with. Um, quite a large group of Catholic believers. Okay. Um, do they not eat meat the entire time during Lent, or is it just one day? Um. Okay, I don't remember the exact history. I do know that uh, at some point, or there are some people that the entirety of Lent they they don't eat, like red meat. Yeah, meat with blood in it. You know right. that kind of meat. Um, but generally for Catholics who do it, they just abstain from it on Fridays. Okay. And so when we were, when I was going to the Catholic school, Monday through Thursday, eat whatever you want. Friday, if I brought a Lunchable, they would take the meat away. (laughs) I would have cheese and crackers. That's what I would have. Uh, like they were that serious about it. Did that happen to you? Yeah. One time. Yeah. Wow. Once. And then I just, I learned from there. Like, yeah. okay, I just won't, I won't do that. I had peanut butter, you know, yeah. something like that on yeah. that day. Um, but yeah, they they were very serious about it on Fridays during Lent. Uh, the only meat you were allowed was fish because it's not red meat. Um, but you can't do pork either, right? Um, no, yeah, no, because that's still right. It still has considered meat with blood in it. Yeah, right. So right, yeah, um, yeah. You can't do that either. It was really weird. Uh, but you were also encouraged as a kid to abstain from something else that you spent too much time on. Yeah. In order to spend more time with God, uh, and that gets a little more serious as you're an adult and doing it because it's really about disconnecting from something that you're putting in God's place. Mm-hmm. And trying to learn a new, better behavior. It's not so much about, I'm just going to give this up. And then once the 40 days are over, I'm getting right back right into back it. Right back into it. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's supposed to be bettering you. But um, 
as a kid, you're kind of encouraged to just, you know, just take a 40-day break from something and focus a little bit more on God. Yeah. Which isn't bad. Uh, but, you know, so you'd give up. I think I gave up Game Boy one year. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to play my Game Boy for, for 40 days. Uh, I can't say that I specifically use that time to get closer to God. Right. But, you know, I gave up something, which, you know, I guess is a good practice, being able to abstain from something that you love uh, for a while. But, yeah, it is weird. Never been a Catholic as an adult, so don't really know how well that goes as an adult. Yeah. But I would say that... uh, the number one thing that I've heard people give up during Lent as an adult is drinking. Okay. They just don't drink, uh, which, I don't know, not, doesn't seem like it'd be all that difficult for yeah. someone who's a believer unless they really do have a problem with it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I know Catholics still use real wine in communion, but... You know, it's not the exact same kind of uh, taboo nature as, like, Baptists have against yeah. drinking. But, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of stuff I still don't know. <laughs> Just Catholics and Baptists are very different. <laughs> they are. All right, it's Tuesday Good News Day, and we got some good news for you. Uh, the scent of a romantic partner can improve sleep. Suggests new psychology research from the University of British Columbia. The researchers found that uh, study participants who were exposed to their partner's scent overnight experienced better sleep quality, even though their partner was not physically present. Uh, they said, um, Marlies Hoffner said, Our findings provide new evidence that merely sleeping with a partner's scent improves sleep efficiency. Our participants had an average sleep efficiency improvement of more than 2%. Uh, this is the study's lead author and graduate student at UBC Department of Psychology. She said, We saw an effect similar in size to what has been reported from ta- taking oral melatonin supplements, often used as a sleep aid. For the study, the researchers analyzed sleep data from 155 participants who were given two identical-looking T-shirts to use as pillowcases. One had been previously worn by their romantic partner, and the other had either been previously worn by a stranger, which is gross, or was clean. (laughs) Just give me the clean one. (laughs) To capture body odor on the T-shirts, the participants' partners were given a clean T-shirt to wear for 24 hours and were asked to refrain from using deodorant or scented body products, from smoking, from exercising, or from eating certain foods that could affect their body odor. The T-shirts were then frozen to preserve their scent. (laughs) Each participant was then given two shirts to place over their pillows without being told which one was which. They spent two consecutive nights sleeping on each t-shirt. Each morning, they completed a survey about how well-rested they felt. Their sleep quality was also objectively measured using an uh, actigraphy sleep watch that monitored their movements throughout the night. At the end of the study, participants guessed if the shirts they had been sleeping with had previously been worn by their partner. Participants responded, uh, reported feeling more well-rested on the nights when they believed they were sleeping with their partner's scent. Moreover, regardless of their beliefs about the scent exposure, data from the sleep watches indicated that objective sleep improved when participants were actually exposed to their partner's scents. 
One of the most surprising findings is how a romantic partner scent can improve sleep quality even outside of our conscious awareness, said Francis Chen, the study's senior author and associate professor in the UBC Department of Psychology. The sleep watch data, the sleep watch data showed the participants experienced less tossing and turning when exposed to their partner's scent even if they weren't aware of whose scent they were smelling. The researchers say the physical presence of a long-term romantic partner is associated with positive health outcomes such as a sense of safety, calm, and relaxation, which in turn leads to better sleep. By signaling recent uh, physical proximity, the mere scent of a partner may have similar benefits. Isn't that strange? Scent might be one of the key things that make us comfortable sleeping with our partner like not so much them being there yeah but the fact that we're breathing their smell in mm-hmm. all the time helps us sleep better yeah i <laughs> for the longest time i would fall asleep like because i always fall asleep before chris mm-hmm. i'd curl up literally under his armpit and fall asleep there <laughs> and i would be out within a matter of minutes yeah. just done <laughs> But because of his condition and the medication that he's on, he has a neurological thing where he twitches. And so I can't do that anymore. <laughs> there have been multiple nights that I've gotten punched in the head or kicked or kneed or elbowed. Um, so I am not sleeping nearly as good as I once did. <laughs> so you just like to be immersed in the smell. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to goodness, I do. When Cannon was a baby, we found that he, for some reason, became really attached to Chris's grandmother. Mm. When Cannon was three months old, that was the first time that he met Chris's grandmother at a wedding. And Cannon, who has always been my hard, difficult child, stopped crying immediately the second that she picked him up. And so she held him the entire week that we were all together. And then when we left, she had to give us the shirt that she wore so that he would <laughs> stop crying. We wrapped my three-month-old in his great-grandmother's T-shirt Whoa. to keep him from crying. It works. <laughs> anyway, uh, a compassionate doctor decided to celebrate Random Acts of Kindness Day by picking up the bill for his patient's visits. As a means of honoring the heartwarming holiday, Dr. Ron Don Rice... <laughs> Almost said Ron Dice. Ron Dice. Dr. Don Rice covered the copays for all 80 of his patients who stopped by the urgent care clinic of Lincoln, Nebraska on Monday. Instead of giving the patients a bill, Dr. Rice gave them small cards that explained his reasoning for the free visits, along with the hashtag kindness is contagious. Collectively, Dr. Rice says he spent $4,000 on his copays. The physician's generous gesture was reportedly inspired by the recent death of a family friend who, despite having two different kinds of cancer, was constantly being kind to other people. I think that we have a culture that sometimes forgets that we can have a much better world if we start being kinder to each other, Rice told 1011 News. (laughs) Uh, Side note, Dr. Ron Dice sounds like some uh, craps aficionado. And Vegas, like that's the name he chose himself, you know. Ron Dice, he's wearing a leather jacket. It's embroidered in the back. <laughs> it's got a couple pair of dice next to it. <laughs> Everybody clear a path. Ron, Ron Dice, Dice is in the building. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. All right, last. Stop that right now. 
(laughs) (laughs) Lastly, junk food news. Here are some new products that have recently been spotted in stores or soon will be. Swiss Miss Cocoa with Lucky Charms marshmallows. I'm so mad about this one. Why? Because, like, it's one of those things where I feel like we've all thought this. Right. As a kid, we probably all did it, and now somebody's making millions off of it. (laughs) By the way, you know, like, online you can buy those bags of the fake Lucky Charms marshmallows? Yeah. Uh, like a giant bag of them. Yeah. You can get those at Big Lots, too. Really? So if you wanted to, like, see it for yourself and make sure it was a good quality, then go to Big Lots. They have them in their little cereal section. I love Big Lots. It's interesting. Uh, all right. KFC, starting, I believe it's next Monday, is starting to sell KFC chicken and donuts. I'm interested. They have a basket that's just three chicken strips and a donut, but they also have a sandwich with two donuts and a chicken patty in the middle. I don't think there's anything else on it, but it's kind of got that chicken and waffles vibe, but without syrup, because the icing would then be the sweetness from the donut. I'm interested as well. <laughs> I'm very interested. Uh, at first, it looks really weird. Yeah. And the picture looks really weird, like it's got to be some sort of joke. But but it's it not. Ain't. It's supposed to be nationwide, so get out there. Hmm. Uh, speaking of donuts, Krispy Kreme has released a Butterfinger donut. Actually, two different Butterfinger donuts. Uh, one is their typical donut, but it is filled with like a chocolatey peanut butter creme mm-hmm. and topped with broken pieces. Mm-hmm. And one is a, like a filled... Solid filled donut, probably with the same cream. I don't know. Uh, but it's also covered in chocolate icing and then the peanut butter bits. But uh, I'm not a Butterfinger fan. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Krispy Kreme's specialty donuts. Really? Like the big, goo- like the big covered in junk ones? No. Every one I've had has always been just so cloyingly sweet. I want to vomit. Okay, yeah, they are pretty sweet. When they do something muted, like they did like a, just a lemon-flavored glazed donut, I love that. I was about to say the lemon ones are my yeah. favorite. But just the overly candy-filled, cream-filled ones, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Uh, Kit Kats, birthday cake-flavored Kit Kats. I'm all about this. Come out. Uh, and then also, they're separated on our list here, but also lemon crisp Kit Kats. Also, oh, all about that this. That sounds great, too. Yeah. Because it's supposed to still have a chocolatey wafer in the mm-hmm. middle with, ooh, lemon and chocolate. Mmm. So good. that's my favorite. favorite favorite cake right there. Gosh, I miss that so much. All right. Starburst flavored drink mixes. We talked about Skittles flavored drink mixes mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Now Starburst is coming out with their all pink, cherry, and orange flavored drink mixes. I don't know why they went with all pink. Because all pink... Packages of Starburst, it's just strawberry. Yeah. So why not just call it strawberry? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right. Uh, International Delight. Now, this is a stupid one. It's coming out with Almond Joy egg flavored or Reese's egg flavored. Yeah, because creamers. don't they already have Almond Joy and, and Reese's? Reese's? And they've got to be the same thing. 
just repackaged as if they were something special for, for Easter. Easter. <laughs> You're not fooling no, us, International fooling Delight. No All right, so here's the cool one. And this isn't something you buy in stores. This is Wendy's. We talked about this a while back. Wendy's starting breakfast. They're launching it on March 2nd, which is next Monday, I believe. Wendy's breakfast. And here we know finally everything that's going to be on the menu. I'm so excited. Croissant sandwiches. Bacon, egg, and Swiss. All their croissants have Swiss. Bacon, egg, and Swiss. Sausage, egg, and Swiss. And then they also have a maple bacon chicken croissant sandwich. Which sounds intriguing. <laughs> they have the typical biscuits. They got the sausage, egg, and cheese. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Uh, they also got just a sausage biscuit. But they also have a honey butter biscuit and a honey butter chicken biscuit. Similar to a local favorite around here. Whataburger. Not here in town, unfortunately. But all around our area. That's their big breakfast item. It's really? the honey butter chicken biscuit. And it's huh. great. It's great. But yeah, I'm excited that we'll have one locally. Uh, let's see here. They have sandwiches on buns for breakfast. They're not burgers, though. They don't have a breakfast burger, which is strange. If you're going to put breakfast sandwiches on, on buns, a bun, why have not have one a burger. breakfast burger? But they got the sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese. They have a breakfast baconator. You ready for what's on this? Uh-huh. Grilled sausage, American cheese, applewood smoked bacon, a fresh cracked grade A egg, more cheese, and more bacon, all covered in a Swiss cheese sauce. Giant freaking sandwich. The whole thing is almost 800 calories just for that sandwich. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your meal for the day. So one of the things that I did notice in the pictures is that it does not look like they're using any, like pre-made folded egg type stuff really uh every picture had like that fresh cracked egg in the ring you know the little metal ring mm -hmm. that they make to make it a patty-esque thing they all had that so interesting could be a little bit better tasting a little more real uh extras they have they'll have one burrito that i saw sausage egg and cheese burrito uh, they have apple bites, but they also have seasoned potato wedges, which look amazing. I'm so excited It might for those. be my favorite thing on the list. Mm -hmm. They look so good. Uh, and then coffee, they got, of course, the fresh brewed coffee. They got a cold brew iced coffee. But they also have a vanilla and a chocolate frosty chino. Hmm. So instead of making a frappe with ice or just ice cream... I think McDonald's just uses ice and cream. They don't use ice cream. Yeah. Um, they're using their Frosty. They're mixing cappuccino in with a Frosty for breakfast. It's essentially a shake for breakfast. And I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Neither am I. I will, I will definitely be breaking keto at least one day to try some of these breakfast items oh, yeah. very soon. Yeah. <laughs> the potato wedges, honey butter chicken yes. biscuit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm even, I'm going to have to at least taste the breakfast bacon. Oh, here. yeah, absolutely. I'll have to have it at least, I'll have to order it at least one time to oh, experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm excited. That's, that might be the, the biggest breakfast sandwich I've ever seen in terms of all that's on it. Yeah. Like it is... It looks gigantic. Have you ever been to Burger Fi? 
Burger Fi. Uh-huh. I've never even heard of it. Like sci-fi, Burger Fi. Yeah. Never heard of it. So it's a it's a burger place, but it's kind of more of an upscale burger place. Okay. It's amazing. When Cannon was at Nationals last year, we ate there four times. <laughs> um, it is by far the best burger place I have ever, ever been to. And they have the breakfast burger. It's called something. Maybe all-day breakfast burger or something mm. along those lines. But it's it's a burger. The only difference, really, is that it's a patty. A burger patty. Hamburger patty. Instead of a sausage patty. Uh-huh. Instead of the sausage patty. But then it's got the bacon and it's got the egg. It also has hash browns on it, though. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like um, maybe a little bit more upscale version of the Carl's Jr. breakfast burger, which is still currently my favorite burger of any kind. Yeah. Ever. Uh, well, no. Second to the In-N-Out Burger. I really love the In-N-Out Burger. But, um, yeah, it's it's just, it's their normal flame-grilled patty. Mm-hmm. Cheese, bacon, hash brown crowns, the egg is in yeah. there. And then a little bit of ketchup, which is great yeah. on this burger. And it's huge. It's gigantic. And I think they've recently started serving it all day long, which made me really happy. And I might actually be having one later this week because I have to go to Roswell. Nice. So I'm excited. That See, and that was going to be my question. I'm sure right away they're not going to, but will Wendy's serve this all day? Yeah, definitely not all day. Let's uh, right have an all-day breakfast menu, guys. Nice. Come on. Um, but then, I can't, you know, I don't know. McDonald's finally broke down and did it, and that was something I was pushing for basically my entire teenage life and college life was – why aren't you serving breakfast all day? Because that mm-hmm. was my favorite part of McDonald's. And now it's just more of a hassle than anything. You want to order a breakfast during the day at McDonald's, you're waiting for 20 minutes. And it's not even as good. <laughs> right. It's it's the weirdest thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. The only thing that's still good is the hash browns. Yeah. Everything else just comes out lackluster. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. Something about so, that early morning cook that... That or it's us. Maybe we're only primed for that like super salty breakfasty stuff from fast food in the mornings. Matt, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> it is not us. I don't know. I don't like this new keto. Because like Matt. when I go to Denny's, <laughs> no, even before that, like when I go to Denny's in the morning for breakfast time. Yeah. And I order what I normally order with the big breakfast thing with the pancakes or whatever. It's the best meal I've ever had every time. If I go at dinner time but decide to order the breakfast stuff, it's usually garbage. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll eat it. <laughs> but it's never like that it's moment true. of this is so good. You know? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't feel like at Denny's it would be any different That's for true. them in the back. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't, it might, it might be, I'm just, it might just be me, Mo. It is Maybe, totally you. But, <laughs> I am intrigued. <laughs> All right, coming up next, what do we overthink about? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off this hour with five random facts. 
Five random packs. Five random packs. I've, you know, I get to the point where I don't really want to do it anymore, but I've done it for so long. And but so you've committed for so long, and now you'll feel like it. a quitter. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know that most of our listeners really don't like it, but the second that I stop doing it, they're going to be like, hey. You quitter. <laughs> uh, all right. 78% of NFL players go bankrupt or end up facing serious financial stress within two years of ending their playing careers. That's a really sad not, reality. Not a, not a, not a hyper fun no. fact to kick it off with. Sorry no. about that. Uh, although the words are often used interchangeably, icing and frosting are not the same. Frosting is a thick, fluffy, buttery mixture. Icing is a thin, glossy, sugary mixture. I am a fan of icing. I am a fan of frosting. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Betty White holds the record for longest television career of any female or male entertainer. She's going to live forever. Way to go, Betty. (laughs) At Costco, there is no limit on food samples. Way to go, Costco. Yeah. If we had a Costco, you could have done your date night there. Right? That could have been fun. Under $20. You know? If they had a movie playing on one of their television screens, just could have... Just grab a few bean bags and roll on over there. You know, people laugh, but I think it would be fun. I think it'd be fun to do a Costco date night. (laughs) Judge me. Go ahead. Uh, And lastly, dessert stomach is a real thing. The sugar in sweet food stimulates a reflex that actually expands your stomach, which is why you somehow find room for dessert, even if you're stuffed after the main course. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) You know... I never thought about that before. And sweets are my... Like, they're my thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They are my nemesis. And as I was reading over the scripts when you sent them to me yesterday, I was on number three donut. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This like this just solidifies why I've gained 35 pounds in a year. Like, my stomach just expands with Don't everything have... that I eat because the only thing that I eat is sweets. Don't have any more room for asparagus. But suddenly I got a whole bunch of pockets for donuts. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And uh, nothing to add. All right. <laughs> Stupid things we overthink about. So last Tuesday, we actually went through half of this list of things that cause us to be a little neurotic. It's those things that you've done in the past or in the present that wake you up at 3 a.m. And you're just sitting there thinking, how dumb am I? Uh-huh. How did I let this happen? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, so the, we only made it through half the list. Uh, so we're going to try and go through the rest of this. This is from a BuzzFeed list, 21 pictures that are too real. Uh, uh, let's see here. So it kicks off with a very generic one in this half, and that is you're sitting doing absolutely nothing, and suddenly you start thinking about terrifying, highly unlikely scenarios. At full volume in your brain. So I know that I'm like, I, I am my mother's son in that I worry about the highly unlikely scenarios pretty much all the time. If I'm not thinking of something else, there's a song by 21 pilots called car radio. Do you, do you know that song Mm-mm. called car radio where he's basically talking about 
someone stole his car radio and now he just sits in silence while he drives and it's the loudest thing in his brain. Like he can't stop thinking about negative thoughts. And that's kind of like how I am. If I don't have something going in my ear, uh, I will start to think about the the worst possible things. Yeah. Like, and typically they involve around Daedra. Like what if Daedra just one day wakes up and decides she doesn't want to be married anymore and she leaves? Or what if she gets in a car accident and I'm left here having to raise the kids alone? Will I be strong enough to, to not kill myself uh, after that happens because oh I know gosh, I've had those man. depression thoughts. That's how I spiral out of control. And I sit here thinking, what would I do in these terrible situations? What good does that do me at all? None. <laughs> no good. None. <laughs> See, and I, I'm, I do not struggle with this. I love silence. I will spend most of the day without the television on. Mm. I can ride in the car without a radio on. Being alone in my thoughts is very beneficial to me. <coughs> but that's they? often because I don't have a lot of thoughts. Like, it's just empty space up there. <laughs> it's normally dead air up there. Exactly. I got to quiet the noise down so I can hear myself talk. Exactly. But I think that Chris struggles with that. I will spend all day at home without having the television on. And mm-hmm. the second that he walks in, he will set his keys down and pick up the remote and turn the TV on. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here comes the noise. <laughs> I can't deal. No, so. See, even at home uh, when... You know, I'm at home with, with Johnny while Eli's at school. And, you know, for breakfast, we let him watch a couple morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. But then at a certain point, we turn the TV off and mm-hmm. encourage him to play. Uh, but when I'm there, I put, which is every day, <laughs> I have to still be hearing something. Yeah. So I always have one of my earbuds in. Yeah. Listening to something until Deidre gets home and I can talk to her. Because, you know, Johnny's not the most... Most uh, coherent conversation holder. Let's put it that way. He has been talking since he was like two months old. Just not clearly about anything <laughs> particular. Um, so I always have an earbud in. And, you know, I use my, my Bluetooth ones so I can just walk around the house. So right. I'm always listening to a podcast or something going on or the radio station. And uh, if I don't do that, I start to get kind of anxious if I'm yeah. just sitting in the silence. Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, I just can't, I can't do it. Hmm. All right. Next one. Does anyone else pack underwear for a trip? Like they're planning on crapping themselves twice a day, every day that they're gone. Okay. Both Chris and I do this. (laughs) And I've made my children start to do it as well. Like finally the kids are old enough to where I can say, okay, here's your list. Go gather up your stuff, set it in your suitcase. I will go through it. And it's always the same. I tell them, okay, we're going for seven days, pack nine pair of underwear, okay? But then I'll go in and I'll check their suitcase and I'm like, yeah, okay, you need four more pair of underwear in here. And they're like, why? (laughs) You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. There might be underwear thieves. Right? Come and want to steal just two pairs out of everyone, and then you'll be left two days with no underwear. Exactly. No, I uh, I don't understand it. I do this, too. 
and I do it with socks as well. Yeah. And I feel socks is more likely, especially if you're going to like somewhere with a beach or whatever. Like, you might get sandy or wet or something. And uh, you also are one of the I only also wear people shoes to the who. Yeah. But no, but I don't plan on going to the beach when I go. I plan on going on the pier. Not in the water, but you never know you what's going to happen. You still get sand not on the pier. It's not the same. It's not the same as oh walking through gosh, the Matthew. beach. Oh my gosh, Matthew. And you know it. Come you on just now. need to get over the whole shoe <laughs> thing and just wear flip-flops. Last time I went, okay. I wore flip-flops. Come on now. Give me credit. Last time I went, I literally bought them there to wear them. You just did. Just so y'all would get off my back about my feet problem. I'm embarrassed of my feet because they're gigantic and gross. <laughs> I got, I got a. I would be more embarrassed if I were a person of your size <laughs> and had tiny feet. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> I just want normal feet. Why do I? Why does it have to be really long or really short? Why can't I have normal feet? Matt, for you, they are normal. <laughs> okay. <more. laughs> uh, next one. Party day. <laughs> All right. When you have coughed 40 times in a row and you feel another one coming on and you just desperately try to hold it in for as long as possible because you're worried about what anyone else will think of you yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like this really happened in school a lot like if you i for some reason i had a problem of every now and then just accidentally choking on my spit you know like all the time like accidentally suddenly i would swallow wrong just what's already in my mouth saliva and i would just sit there and explode in this coughing fit trying to get it out and it would take what felt like an hour yeah to stop coughing while i can tell just everybody else in the room is like will you shut Shut up up. please take care of whatever's wrong with you or get out yeah. And so you just like, your mouth, your whole face is bulging up because you're yep. trying to force it down. It never, it eventually has to come out. Well, and it always happens at the the worst times, you know, mm-hmm. during church or yeah, during in the a sermon, movie. During yeah. a lecture, yeah, this movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never when something loud's playing and you can right. just go. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, meanwhile, most of the other people in the room are thinking, I understand that he can't handle this. Oh, it's man, annoying. that sucks. That happens yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's really like, you are so inconsiderate. <laughs> Choking How on your spit. Rude. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> okay. So this, this, this will work. The the idea is about Cards Against Humanity, but we'll we'll use it with uh, Sunday School Answers. Okay. Uh, fantastic Christian version of this game. Clean version of this game, I would say. When you're playing Sunday School Answers and you think that your card is unbelievably funny and then the person reads it out loud and not a single person laughs, you feel a, a sharp pain in your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like when I go from zero to 60, though. I don't think that it would be like an... I don't know that I overthink that kind of situation. That's just no, a, you just immediately you're offended. I'm, yeah. How dare you? I'm ticked. You don't take it home. You're like, oh, I guess I'm not as funny as I thought I was. No, because I know that I'm funny. <laughs> 
You obviously are not funny for not understanding why my card was hilarious. You should be the one taking it home overthinking it. I didn't like Mo's card. What does that mean about me? We did uh, one of the Throwback Thursdays recently had that. We played that game yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, actually, it was the first time that you beat Daedra in that game when I was the one picking. Yeah. And you said that that, that was that was That was a unfair. Big deal. Yeah, because it was unfair because yeah. she knew my humor. Yeah. So she could just pick the one that would be. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. This is a big one for me. When you leave a store without buying anything and you have to tell yourself, act natural, you didn't steal anything. <laughs> Like, I will, it used to happen a lot at Hastings. I would go to Hastings a lot because they had all the Funko Pops. And I would just go to see if there were any new ones that I wanted to get. And most of the time, there weren't. And so I would leave without buying anything. And I always thought, they see me in here all the time. And I and I leave so often without buying anything. And I'd be walking out, like, my hand would be in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, no, don't put your hands in your pockets. They're going to think you're, <laughs> they're going to think you're taking something and hiding it. And so I always get nervous about that. And uh, even in Hastings, like going through books or whatever, if I'm looking at a book and I'm like in a corner just trying to read, stay out of everybody's way, I look up and I'm like, oh no, they might be thinking I'm trying to pocket a book or something back here. So I like come out into an open space. Clearly I'm just doing this, you know. I I get to, I, I assume everyone thinks I'm stealing something when I'm in a... <laughs> In a store where it's typically acceptable to just hang out and look at stuff, you know. You don't get that feeling at, at Albertsons or Walmart or whatever because you're grocery shopping kind of thing. And I never leave without getting something that I'm there for. But at a place that's kind of designed for you to go in and browse for a while, that's how I feel. Does that uh, ever happen to you? No. No? No. You're like, say something. Accuse me of something. I'll show you right now. So can I just be real honest? Be honest. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that the reason I don't do that is because through high school... You were stealing me? <laughs> like, it was bad. It, yeah. was, it was really bad. You had a, a klepto problem? Yes. Very much so. <laughs> And so I know that as someone who steals, someone who goes into a store and 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 takes things, their whole thing is be natural. Yeah. So like they're they're not walking out with their hands in their pockets because they're being natural. <laughs> I legit You have had, to have confidence. <laughs> the very last time that I, it was a reality check. It was a slap in the face, huge reality check. The very last time that I ever stole anything was at Target, and I had an entire purse full of stuff. Entire <laughs> purse full. And I'm walking out, and the, the little security things go off, and they had a security guard standing right there. And, you know, the, the things that you walk yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. They well, start, I'm with you. They start going off, and I look at him, and I said, I just kind of gave him this look like, I don't know what, you know, just kind of the, a questionary look at mm-hmm. him. And he gave me one back and he said, you know, you're probably fine. Do you have a cell phone in there? 
And I was like, yeah. And he said, that's probably what set it off. You're fine. Just go ahead. And I walked out with well over $400 worth of stuff in my purse. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And at that moment, like, I sat down in the car and I just cried. And I thought, I am never doing this again. Really? I am never doing this again. Yeah. But you say, like, you don't go to Albertsons to steal stuff because you're going grocery shopping. No, this girl used to steal eggs out of the carton at Albertsons. Like, it's no joke. Okay. So that's why I don't share in this one. (laughs) I'm going to... One of these days, I'm going to ask your permission for us to, like, examine this. Okay. As a topic, because I think it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Not necessarily to just bash you or anything, but... No, that's fine. Like, the the reasons why behind you think you did it and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy, because I remember yeah. the very first time that I did it, and mm-hmm. I remember the very last time. Hmm. And it spanned a good four years. Okay. I so. know someone else in my in my circle of friends throughout life that also had that problem, and they eventually got caught. And actually had to be on probation yeah. for a while. And I remember them, like, admitting this to, to, to Deidre and I and kind of explaining how it was just one thing that spiraled out of control. It is. And it is. so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very interested, yeah. if you're okay with it in the future, to yeah. discuss that a little further and delve into something. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. We're, <laughs> we're going through lists of things that make us feel weird. And we got sidetracked because <laughs> Mo's a terrible person. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, not in that way, not at least. A, <laughs> I've traded that for other things. No. Um, all right. Okay, this one is not a specific one, but it is one that I feel deeply. It's a tweet uh, that says, If I was accidentally weird to you once, just know that I will be thinking about it every night for the next 50 years. <laughs> This is so me, 100% so me. There was one similar to that last time we talked about because I brought up the story of second grade, you know, where I accidentally called my teacher fat. And how even to this day, that haunts me. (laughs) It's such a terrible moment. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's very, there are some things that are just very difficult to let go of. There are. so embarrassed. There are. I told, I think that I shared about the, the chili story from... The church, the chili cook-off. It was one year ago, okay? We had just started going to our new church. Well, not just started, but we were still very oh, new at our yeah, new church. Yeah, I think you did, but yeah, tell it again. Okay, and they do this thing once a year where they do a chili cook-off and mm-hmm. a Bible drill, okay? And we have like 50 to 75 different kinds of chilies Gracious. that you can yeah. go through and try, okay? And there was this one chili that everybody loved. Like, it got one of the prizes at the end for being mm-hmm. the best chili. And like Chris loved it. Samantha loved it. Sippy, like everybody at our table was just like, this is the best chili, blah, blah, blah. And I tasted it. It took one bite and I was like, ugh, this tastes like nutmeg. This is disgusting. What are you guys, why are you even liking this? I don't know what it was. <laughs> but anyway. Well, you know, the night goes on and the girl ends up getting the award and Samantha's fine. Like, I could not get off of the whole nutmeg thing. Like, there's got to be nutmeg in this thing. Why on earth would somebody put nutmeg in chili? Um, And so Samantha's finally like, Megan, just ask her if it has nutmeg in it. That's all you got to do. Yeah, that's all that I had to do, but... I had never spoken to this person before. I was already feeling awkward. You know, I'm a newbie in this place. And she was sitting just a couple 
chairs down. And so everybody's clearing out, getting ready to leave. And so I took my time at that point to say, hey, Rachel, did you, by chance, is there nutmeg in your chili? And she's like, um, no, I don't think so. Why? And I was like, really? Because all that I could taste was nutmeg. Like, everybody thought that it was so good at our table, and they just kept eating it and eating it. But I thought it was disgusting. All I could taste was the nutmeg. I just didn't understand. And, like, as I'm saying all this, you know, I'm getting more and more awkward as I'm speaking and, like, word vomiting and saying things. that, I, And then, like, it hits me. You are one big fat moron. You could have just asked if there was nutmeg in her chili and that would have been it didn't have to go about insulting her you had to go on because you were already feeling awkward so now we're coming up on one year i forgot about that we're coming up on one year in just a couple weeks we're doing the other the another chili cook-off and it was just announced in our church announcements i read it and as i'm reading the church announcement i'm like feeling it boiling up inside me again like oh my gosh that was the worst day of my life ever oh she probably still thinks about it every time she sees me how i am just the worst person in the world because i did not like her nutmeg chili every time i see her at church i kind of turn away and i'm like and she and she might not have thought about it beyond a few days or that might be one of her awkward moments maybe Uh, i won an award and still Somebody came up to tell me how terrible it was. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. That's rough. That's uh, a yeah. tough one. That's a hard one. And the because accidental it's an, in, the accidental insult. Yeah. That's the hard one. Because it's an, an annual thing, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to forget about it. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> uh, all right. This next one. <laughs> Is another tweet. It's a story. Uh, a guy in class got called on to answer a question, and after a short pause, he says, Hang on, I'm not dumb. I'm just panicking. I felt that. The guy next to me felt that. Your mom felt that. The whole world felt that. Yeah. I'm not dumb. I'm just panicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That feeling of being caught off guard, and you know what you need to say or do. But you just need to calm down from being caught off guard first. Yep. <laughs> Is, yeah. That's a painful moment as mm-hmm. well. Uh, in elementary school, when we would have to read out loud the, the class uh, from the textbook, you would literally count the kids in front of you to figure out what section you were going to be reading and practice it. I still do this. <laughs> to this day, I still do this. <laughs> Well, I don't want to get stuck with a name that I don't know how Absolutely, to pronounce. Yeah. Or Which I do to you every every week. All the time. The random facts and the news stories. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were talking on Wednesday night about um, omniscient, omnipresent. What's the other one? Omnipotent? Omnipotent. Thank Ooh, you. Yeah. And I'm this is why. That. This is why. Okay? Because it's... I, it's spelled omnipotent. Yeah. And as a kid, I can remember <laughs> saying omnipotent and everyone being like, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's still almost 35 years old and I cannot remember how to pronounce that word. <laughs> and see, I was aware of this phenomenon, but I've always been a relatively good reader on the spot. And so, while yes, I would probably preview what area I was going to read, like I got a a 
selfish amount of joy about the fact that typically I was the best out loud reader in class when I was young. And so that was like my little bit of pride when I was a kid and anxious all the time is that at least I can read really well out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved reading out loud. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're getting a phone call from a number you don't recognize. You don't answer it. And instead, you Google the number to see if it was someone you know. I'm getting like a phone get call that. from someone I don't recognize. I just don't answer it. No, yeah, you just don't care. I just don't care. I Google. I Google. Really? Yeah. Well, I just don't care. Like, I'll typically answer... But every now and then I'll get, like, anxiety about it. Like, I don't want to talk to somebody I don't know right now. And so I Google to see if it was maybe a spam phone call or whatever. Just to give me that, I guess, permission to have skipped answering it. Because, <laughs> you know, in my position I need to answer it because my number is out everywhere. Right. For people to celebrate right. recovery to call. And so normally I pick it up anyway and just grit my teeth and bear it. Um, all right. When nobody's watching, you can do certain tasks really well. Yes. And efficiently. Somebody's now watching, and you are a bumbling idiot. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's how I am with driving because for 15 years, Chris has been like, I don't want to ride with you. I hate the way that you drive, which. For 15 years, he hasn't let me drive, so therefore, how does he know that he hates the way that I drive? <laughs> but now, on the rare occasion that I do drive, you know, we go on a long trip and he's tired or something, whatever, blah, 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 I freak out the whole time that I'm driving. Like, all of a sudden, I forgot <laughs> that the gas accelerates and the brake stops, and like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Same, the same thing goes with me. I drive, uh, and I, I typically drive really well. And in fact, I when I've gone to like Dallas by myself back when my dad kept going to Dallas and I had to drive up there, uh, I would drive all through the Dallas streets. Even one time it was like pouring down rain and I was going through the highways and zipping in and out very safely, very cleanly. Yeah. Driving great. Mm-hmm. Go to the summit in... in uh, California. California. And have people in my car while I'm the flipping demolition derby king. <laughs> nearly getting in a crash literally every time that we're driving. And having everyone in the car just be like, I'm not sure if I want to be riding yeah. with you anymore. Yeah, and, and you're like, I'm really a good I'm driver. Like, I'm really good and yet you're, you're not dead. Right. So be happy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, driving is the worst. And that's the worst thing to panic in. Agreed. Because <laughs> you really could die. Agreed. <sighs> I had, listen, your time will come. Okay. Because when Cannon and I were in Dallas for those few days before the rest of the family came down, Cannon mm -hmm. and I were driving every day, an hour and a half, one way. Okay. To get to his competition. And I was doing the same. Dallas is a hard it city is. to drive through yeah. and maneuver and all these things. Chris comes and he's driving and Cannon goes, Dad, I think maybe you should let Mom drive. And I was like, <laughs> yes! Victory! <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, last thing on the list is another tweet. 
Sometimes I get really concerned about things very suddenly. Like, I'll be chilling, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, crap, where's my birth certificate? Yeah. <laughs> I really like this tweet. That's really funny. I don't know why, where's though. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I feel that one. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I understand feeling that panic when, oh, I need to go get my ID my my ID renewed. I need my birth certificate. But <laughs> just sitting in the middle of the day, I don't know where my birth certificate is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tear apart my house to find it <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Just so you'll have peace of mind again. I know. It's just chasing peace of mind it, yeah. over something you hadn't been thinking about for weeks, months, leading up to this one moment. I haven't seen my birth certificate in a while. I love it. But yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I just love the tweet. It's it's very real and I feel it. Yeah. But it is a funny thing. Oh, man. Okay. So that was the list. That okay. was the second half of the list of things that we overthink about. Stupid things. Are Did we you... going to get in trouble now because I just occurred? You got to quit doing that. She is trying to copyright she copy... that. Yeah, I know. I don't think she's officially gotten she through hasn't? the process okay. yet. But eventually... Can't be doing that no more. Uh, Coming up next, The Outcry joins us for 20 questions. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. I'm Mo. And we have got a special interview earlier this week. Uh, I sent 20 questions to an indie Christian band called The Outcry. Uh, They've been on the station for over a year now, uh, I believe. Last year, uh, and by last year I mean 2018, uh, they released... Uh, two singles. One was called Warning Signs and one was called Banners. Both of them have been playing on the station uh, for a very, 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 very long time. They released their full EP uh, just a few months ago. And so we sent them 20 questions and they have brought us their answers. So here we go. 20 questions with the outcry. The voices echo like a song Side hug, we are welcoming The Outcry, an independent Christian band whose EP Love is the Sound is out now everywhere. Guys, welcome to 20 Questions. The first question we have for you today is Who is The Outcry? The Outcry is an alternative rock band from Virginia Beach and Chesapeake, Virginia. 
and it features my friend here, Ryan Kite, myself, Alan Bays, Coy McCardo, David Springstead, and Jack Harris. So how did y'all pick the name The Outcry? What's the meaning behind that? The Outcry means, uh, it's just basically for us, it's, it's a hope and healing uh, type of songs that we write, and we write them to help bring together a disunification of people, uh, where people feel uh, hated, or they see violence around them, or the noise that they hear on the news and stuff, and we just believe that the outcry is just bringing together all those voices and uniting them for a common good, a voice of love, a voice of hope, and so that's what it means to us. Okay, well, speaking of that, can you share with us a little bit about your faith journey? So we, I think all of us grew up in church, and uh, we've all been, you know, I like to say in church since we've been in the womb, practically, and we've grown up playing in youth bands, and we've grown up, you know, doing various different things in church, but I think the, the calling became a lot more uh, real and tangible when we came in our young adult years and uh, just experiencing that transformation and uh, experiencing just uh, just a stirring in our hearts to, to want something more, desire more other than ourselves. And uh, God has really moved in all of us. And most of us are pastors. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, Ryan's a worship pastor. Uh, David is as well, and so is Jack. So we just love the local church and uh, just what God does through the local church. Yeah, I think what's cool about the outcry is the five of us are all really from different backgrounds, different churches. So what's cool is we get to bring like a unique part of our faith into existence and it kind of helps us go to really just about anywhere and be able to speak a language or talk to anybody. And so I think it helps us really when we're out there, you know, witnessing to people, but also sharing our music of hope is, uh, hey, you know, we're all united. We all might come from different backgrounds and different looks, but hey, it's all, you know, we all believe Jesus, and, and that's what all we're striving for. So yeah, uh, that's that's you know our, that's our faith journey. So you say you all came from kind of different backgrounds. How did you get started as a band? So the outcry started when me and Alan and our other uh, friend David, who is our drummer, we, we just happened to be on a road trip together. We were traveling, doing worship stuff. We've been doing worship stuff together for a number of years. And uh, it just so happened, uh, we, we were in the car one day and just said, hey, you know, it would be really cool to get back to kind of our, our rock band roots. We all kind of grew up in the same rock band scene in our area. And it was like, you know, it had been about 10 years since we had done anything like that. And we were just like, you know what, let's combine the maturity of who we are as believers now and our faith and, you know, even the worship backgrounds that we have and then bring this this kind of rock vibe band of positive hope uh, together. And, and so we really just decided just in that car ride to just start this project and we met for the first time and we just really started writing songs and they just kind of just really the process became so simple and so great for us that it really was effortless and for us it was just like hey this is a no-brainer we should do this and uh, you know it's been awesome just in a year of how far we've come and, and, and just to see like how much God's grown and how much God's going to continue to grow we're just we're just excited for the future so. all right so in, in starting this band and as you've been growing what have you found what who are your musical influences Man, musical influences is just like so vast in our band because we all grew up just in different ways. And uh, I grew up on like punk rock stuff. So, uh, but that more, that evolved in more alternative rock sounds. So I, I love like bands like U2 and Angels and Airwaves. Uh, Ryan's, Ryan loves Switchfoot. I do as well. Uh, David loves Jimmy Eat World. 
Colony House. We really like them. Uh, Amber Lynn. Um, you know, man, Jack, he likes like more of the harder stuff. He likes Thrice, he likes Under Oath. And uh, Kakoi, he, uh, he loves Filipino metal. <laughs> we joke about it all the time. He's like, he's always listening to like hard rock stuff and, and Tagalog, we don't even know what's going on. Uh, but he just, he just yeah. loves it, man. Like that's yeah. just what he's into. And he's secretly the most talented one in the band. So we let him, you know, talk and whatever he wants with the Filipino metal. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. But yeah, we're pretty diverse with our, with our music tastes. Yeah. All right, so y'all have come out with your EP, Love is the Sound. Uh, came out a few months ago. What inspired the name Love is the Sound for your first collective work? So the meaning of Love is the Sound comes from a song that's on our EP called Banners. Funny story about Banners is one of the first songs uh, originally that we had wrote together, but I at the time we demoed it and it got shelved, um, basically is a term that we use. And, and basically we just decided, hey, we're gonna move on from this song and we're not gonna use it. And really one day uh, I just decided just to revisit the song. I redid the demo and uh, it was actually Alan who came up with the concept that said, hey, you know, that love is the sound thing. That's really, really catchy. We should we should really like make that like a, like a tagline of who we are and, and really present it. So, you know, we were, when we started really working on banners and it really started developing as a song, it was like, wow, this is really an anthem because when you look at the song banners and you look at what it means as far as, you know, uniting people, giving hope to people, giving hope to broken nations, bringing uh, people, you know, unifying people. And, and it's, it really is a banner of love that you, you really put over over everybody. And so we believe that love is a sound because we believe that love is a loud thing, that when you really, really show genuine love, that it's something that just can't be contained. It's just a big, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and then once we kind of like solidified love is a sound, it was, uh, it was so cool because like all of our other songs started to take on this kind of theme and shape and you know having these lyrics talking about the, the hope that comes with love and uh, then the rest of our EP just kind of like enmeshed with that and it was just really cool how natural that was because we, we really didn't know that was going to take place and it's really cool how God worked and all that. All right. Well, let's take a break from the serious questions and do a few rapid fire faves. So, in order here, what is your favorite meal, movie, band, TV show, and song? Go. Oh, man, rapid fire questions. Uh, favorite meal, I'm going to go with pizza. It's safe. Poppy seed chicken casserole. I'm allergic to poppy seed. I can't do it. Really? Yeah. I oh, can't, man, can't it's it. amazing. Man, uh, favorite movie. Um... I love Christopher Nolan, like my favorite director. So probably Inception uh, would be my favorite. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan for me. I'm big into war movies. Great movie. Um, you know, I, I heard this 1917 movie was pretty fun. I saw the day it came out and can't wait to see that. it was really good. So favorite band, um, like I think you two for sure. You two. Uh, either Switchfoot or Journey. Journey. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man, classic rock. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Favorite TV show, The Office, the hands office, down, not even close. It's yeah. just yeah, I've probably watched it's it. In it's it's its own category. Although I heard it's leaving Netflix next year. It so is that could change the game. Yeah, rest in peace. Favorite song uh, to keep it with my favorite band. I'm gonna go. Still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. Uh, You're still the one by Shania Twain. <laughs> 
uh, odd choice. Uh, right, hey, it's not a bad song. <laughs> um, going, sticking with songs, uh, can you share a little more of the specific inspiration behind your song, Warning Signs? So the specific uh, things about Warning Signs. Warning Signs, uh, I wrote one day, I was having a meeting. Uh, I was meeting a friend down on the oceanfront in Virginia Beach where we live. And uh, I was early to the meeting. It was a freezing February day. And uh, it was basically, there was this snowstorm that was coming off the ocean front. And I remember uh, looking at this snowstorm and, and kind of thinking like it was beauty, but it was also chaotic as I was watching it. And then there was this guy, you know, we have some very interesting people down on the boardwalk very, where we live. Very and, interesting. And uh, so this guy, he's come ho- he comes down on a bicycle and he's hollering, you know, there, there's a storm coming, there's a storm coming. And, and basically, I, you know, like he was you know, panicking and stuff. And, and I was thinking as I was looking at the storm, you see these low-lying white clouds. And I was thinking, you know, wow, this is, this is a really beautiful thing. And so, so warning signs to me really is, you know, it's finding beauty in the chaos and knowing that, hey, you're going to go through some storms in life. You're going to go through some challenges. But there is a, a beautiful thing on the other side, really, especially, you know, as a Christian, when you put your faith and focus in Jesus and you trust in him uh, to help get you through the storms in life. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite moment of that song is on the bridge. Uh, as the storms are drawing near, the message became clear that our attention and our focus is on you uh, as in Jesus. So uh, I think it's just such a great reminder, even though like in the chaos of life uh, and the storm might be coming in and might be approaching us just to keep centered on on Christ yeah on your EP which song is the most meaningful to you and why most meaningful song uh, on our record is probably Don't Let Go Uh, it's a song I wrote about two friends of mine who were uh, at a major crossroads struggling in their marriage and uh, you know I just remember kind of just being a leader in their life and kind of sharing with them that love is a covenant that knows no bounds And I had them kind of declare this for each other, you know, for about a month in their life. And after every day of just doing that, a month or so, they ended up really finding some freedom and some healing in their marriage. And they're still together, stronger than ever. Uh, They live in San Diego, California now, which is far away from us. But, you know, I still know that they're doing really good. And uh, they still are declaring great things over each other. And so I'm thankful for that and thankful for the song, Don't Let Go. That's beautiful. Uh, Twitching Gears on your EP, which song was the most fun for you? Our most fun song, I think, in the studio was definitely Open My Eyes. Like, when we've been writing songs, we hadn't really had that, like, fast rock song, which is what we all really like. Uh, but we just weren't writing that. So I told Ryan, I was like, dude, we got to write, like, a rock song. So he went in and we and he did it. And then uh, we, we created Open My Eyes, which is super interesting. It's in, like, the key of D mixolydian. So it's, like, really fun musically for us. And then just some super sweet production elements. Shout out to Stuart McLeod, our producer. We have like really fun vocoders. And uh, I got to record like 15 guitar tracks in the song, uh, which was just absolutely amazing and just ridiculous. So I think Open My Eyes, all of us would say on the EP, it's definitely the most fun song to play and uh, the most fun we have in the studio for sure. Yeah. So in writing these, how do you come up with the lyrics? So for me, as, a, as someone who writes lyrics, uh, I, I look for a lot of inspiration around me, and uh, I actually don't write to music. I write, I write songs like poetry, so basically I write 
pretty much an entire song just with a melody maybe in my head and I'll just put it on my phone. But you know, lately, you know, we're talking about the concept of love is the sound. I just, you know, see all this stuff around me. I see, you know, all this, you know, politicalness on the news and you hear about this stuff, you know, in church and you hear about, you know, all this and that. And, and you know, I really write from a, a place that like, hey, I want to write songs that just bring people together. I want to write songs that just doesn't matter about your political background, yeah. your your religious background, even like, you know, if it's a song of hope that can just enlighten somebody's day or just brighten someone, you know, and bring somebody, put a smile on somebody's face. I, I think that that's really where the, where the We need hope from. in our world. Like it's such yeah. a broken place. So we try not to, to talk about you know, all the bad things in the world, we want to bring hope and life and healing to the situation. And, and you know, and, and, and to, to point one thing out is that some people will, you know, as, a, as, as Christians, you know, they'll look at you and say, well, why don't your songs just like go out and say like Jesus, you know, uh, on a lot of lyrics. And, and we do that intentionally, not because we want to uh, downgrade our faith or anything like that, by no means. It's it's really uh, for us to say it, because really we don't just play churches. We yeah, don't just play Christian venues. We, we go into bars and clubs and we play these same songs, the same song that I would play in a church. I would play in the bar or club while people are yeah. partying and doing their thing. And, and people feel it. Like, you're like, man, there's something like different yeah. about music. You can tell because, you know, we use, I use this word in my church, this word anointing. And, you know, if there's an anointing behind it, it doesn't really matter, you know, what, what it really where it is, is where saying. Where You know, is. I think that God can move through, you know, this stuff. And so it's, it's really been inspiring and neat. So. Yeah. Great stuff. So next, if, if you could tour with any currently active Christian band, which would it be? So if we had to tour with any active Christian band, uh, I think Ryan and I would definitely agree on Switchfoot. Uh, we love Switchfoot. I've been John listening. John Foreman. Is, yeah, John Foreman. He's a songwriter. I, that Switchfoot. was my first concert ever in like, gosh, probably 2002, 2003. And I've seen him so many times on Ryan has too. So I think collectively we would agree on that. Yeah, I think uh, 10th Avenue North would be a really good one. I think we would vibe with those guys. The Afters would be a really good one. Mm. We really vibe with those guys. Even like Need to Breathe. Uh, you know, just kind of them alternative rock bands that kind of can go either way. Colony House would be Colony sweet. Colony House, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those bands tour together already, so yeah. jump us on. You yeah, know? throw us <laughs> so, That'd be awesome. All right. <laughs> so who, uh, who else deserves a special mention for their work on this album uh, or maybe behind the scenes? Somebody you want to give a specific shout-out to? Man, if anyone had to give a special shout-out, just behind the scenes and stuff like that. Number one is our drummer, David. Uh, he could, there's like so much stuff that are behind the scenes with him. He like does so much of the production. He does all of our demoing. He uh, he does all like the keys elements and just random things. And him and I write mainly all the music together, which is uh, just so much fun. And then number two is Stuart McLeod, who is our producer and a dear friend. He, uh, he just has an amazing ear. He's like, just sick and if you're in chesapeake or kind of in virginia and you want a great producer for your record uh stewart is the man so shout out to those guys yeah, and a last shout out to all the the, the fans and people that donated supported mm -hmm. helped us get you know finances available to so even go to this yeah, so yeah. thankful for you guys yeah so, amen <laughs> fantastic all right we're rounding these out uh questions 18 and 19 here where can we find your EP, and how can we find you on social media? So if you want to listen to our EP, you can find it on every music platform. There is, you know, Spotify, 
Apple Music, Amazon, whatever you listen to, it's there. And then uh, on social media, you can hit us up on Instagram, which is The Outcry Music. Um, and then on Facebook, it's the same, facebook.com backslash uh, The Outcry Music. So we'd love for you guys to follow us, follow us on our journey. We have a lot of um, just awesome shows coming up. We have, we're going back to the studio in a couple weeks to record a song. So stay tuned to all that. Awesome. And the last question. What's the final thing you want everyone to know about, well, anything? Goofy, serious, anywhere in between? You got the last word. What do you want to say? So, final, like, things that you can know about us. We all love sports, except for Koi. Koi doesn't, he doesn't really follow sports. But, uh, yeah, it's not really a thing. But all of us, like, I'm a huge Boston guy. I mean, I have, like, Celtics sweatshirt on. We're actually about to watch the NBA All-Star game. That's what we're for years. Ryan, Ryan loves the Warriors and the Saints. Um, I'm Boston all the way. Pats, Bruins, Sox, Celtics. I'm just usually disappointed. <laughs> uh, David's from Ohio, so he loves Cleveland. Like, he's I mean, really used to disappointment. Yeah, he's really used to, especially the Browns fan. Um, and then Jack, he is a Redskins fan, and uh, we pray for him all the time because they're like, they're the worst. They're the worst. They're fantastic. So we all love sports and we love talking trash. So if you're on Instagram and stuff, or on the radio and you want to talk trash with us, do a talk trash about sports. Um, but, you know, the last thing is, you know, we'd love for you to come to our shows. We have, like, so many shows coming up all across the state of Virginia, North Carolina, and Maryland, and uh, we'd love for you guys to be there. So. Yeah, we hope to get to the West Coast. I believe this is the West Coast radio station. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Bring us out. We would hope love, to get out there. So, uh, yeah. thanks, guys. See you later. Yeah, thank you. Not quite the West Coast, more like the southern border, but hey, we're, we're, all the states are hot here anyway, so it's it's an easy enough mistake to make. Thank you guys from the Outcry so much for joining us for this interview, for answering our 20 questions. Get the EP, Love is the Sound, right now, everywhere, and uh, jam to it. Or just, you know, keep it right here on BackerRadio.com, and you'll hear pretty much every song from that album at some point, as long as your ears are turned on everybody we stream all the time and we love streaming independent christian artists like the outcry uh, again thank you guys wave your banners high and loud let this Part of the outcry, and you're listening to Back Row Radio.
Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a throwback. Ooh, okay. For some reason, this past week, do you ever have times where you feel like extra nostalgic? Yeah. And you just want like to be able to hold on to like your childhood? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was me this past week. I don't know why. It just was. I found it. An orange crush. I don't the know. soda? The soda. <laughs> There's so many ways you could have gone here. I don't know why, but my mind was th- saying she's going to say she started watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. I had to be able, like, I for whatever reason, that nostalgia had to be quenched with orange crush in tasting it. Okay. Not so. Just do you not drink that it. normally? Do you no. not drink orange soda normally? No. Okay. But as a kid, I can remember. I think some of my first memories were at my grandparents' house, and I would have pepperoni pizza and orange crush. Okay. I we had a local pizza place in town that my parents had trade with with the radio station, mm-hmm. so we always had like coupons for free pizzas. So yeah. we would go there all the time, and I would get pizza, and I would get orange crush. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like or cherry lime crush every now and then. They had that; it was really good too. I don't think I've ever had a cherry lime. Crush. I think it was only in soda fountains. I oh. don't think they ever came out in bottles. At least I never saw them in bottles. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. But yeah, that was a big childhood thing for me too. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I loved orange soda. That was my soda as a kid. Mine too. Mm -hmm. Mine too. But then I don't remember really when it was. I do remember that as like a middle schooler and teenager, I did not drink soda at all, period. Mm. I was just a water drinker all the time. And so that carried on well into my adulthood. And I don't think that I've had an orange soda in close to... 10 years. Really? Okay. And so when I went into Allsup's this past week, I was like, okay, I just stood in front of the drink cooler for the longest time just looking like, what do I want? I know I want something, but I don't know what I want. What is it? And finally, I saw the orange crush and I was like, okay, I'll go for it. (laughs) And then I had five in the week because I just like, I had forgotten how good they were. And how amazing they taste. Yeah. And it just took me back instantly to being a kid. Yeah. I don't I don't drink it a lot. Like, I don't drink orange soda a lot. Yeah. Um, but typically at least once a year. Like, every two weeks I buy a case of uh, cans yeah. of soda. Uh, it's always diet soda. But at least once a year I get, like, the diet crush yeah. orange drink. Which is not bad. It's actually fairly uh, a decent recreation for diet. Okay. Um. But it's still got that same like flavor, you know. It has a crush has a distinct flavor to mm-hmm. it, as that the other orange sodas don't typically have. Yeah, like it's like all the other orange sodas taste exactly the same, but the diet crush, or the regular crush, has a just a, something specific about it. And I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah, it's it's uh, that's definitely my go-to. Yeah, the crush. Uh, yeah, okay, that, that's a good. That's throwback. my what I love. That's a good um, here's a. Random fact for you real quick, though, about myself. One more word that I say weirdly is orange. You say orange. I say orange, (laughs) not orange. 
And I realized that I think when, that's more common though. I think really? a lot of people do that. Yeah. I realized that when Topher was like five or six and he was learning how to spell words, phonetically sounding them out. And you know, you start with colors. Yeah. And so how do you spell orange? And he starts with A, A and I'm like, R- No, R- it's R- orange. <laughs> orange, Topher, how do you spell orange? A R like Oh yeah, I guess that is how it sounds when I say it, huh? <laughs> We had to do spelling words for Eli the other week, and there was both pin and pen. Uh-huh. And I had a really hard time making those sound that different, like I just said them, because they were both coming out as pen. <laughs> just P and an N, pretty much. <laughs> and he's like, ah, like, no. E. <laughs> and then I'd say the next one, he's like, E. No. <laughs> They're the same word. Didn't I know. Did you just say? Okay. <laughs> One more. <laughs> well, talking about pin and pen and tin and ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Growing up in the Southeast, all of my friends, they were all the same. Pin. You got a pin? And my mom was very big about, no, you speak correctly. <laughs> it is pin or pen. As I have no trouble. Right. Deciphering between the two. My mom, I'm about to call you out. <laughs> because she used to get onto my friends. Yeah. They would come over. Yeah. And yeah. she would correct them. Mm-hmm. No, it's 10. It's 10. And 10. <laughs> she was that friend's mom. Yeah. Now that she has lived in Tennessee for, I don't know, 15 years. You can't understand anything that the woman says anymore. <laughs> Her southern drawl is ridiculous. Oh, and man. so my younger sister does the whole pin, pin, pin. And I'm like, hello, where why, is the mom? Why has no one been correcting this? Where is the mom who used to embarrass me because she would correct my friends who would come over? It wasn't good enough that her own daughter spoke correctly, but her, all of her friends had to speak correctly. And now her youngest daughter speaks like a hillbilly. No offense to hillbillies. <laughs> so question how do you pronounce when when like when like i win or do you really no, have okay. a e because this is harder for but me but what to are say. you talking about like the win W-H-E- or lose oh, i'm sorry w-h-e-n when you say you do the e that apparent because yeah. apparently i don't when are we going to the store so this came out uh with that as well because when was on there and so i'm like when yeah. W I N. I'm like, oh well, no, that's right, but that's uh, not the word. When? <laughs> he just sits there and stares at me. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> if you're not saying when, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm hearing when. <laughs> yep. No, I'm. I yeah. I guess it is that E and that I thing that my I've mom never just been, drilled into I've my head as a kid. I've never been corrected about it my whole oh. life. That I can recall. Yeah, neither is my sister. And so I don't. I uh, so now I I'm, it's the whole with the spelling test thing. Yeah. Him learning how to spell words phonetically. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. So I'm really having to examine every word now. All right, let's close out the show with the Bible verse of the day. Psalm twenty-five, five. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m., 7 a.m. 
Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. And Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you into our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of the Morning Side Hug, including our Throwback Thursday episodes. And of course, we also offer a free version of our podcast with a collection of clips from our weekly shows that comes out every Wednesday. You can find our free Morning Side Hug podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Raise those banners high. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye!